You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Broncos Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoy, the Denver Gazette, and my good friend, Nick Ferguson. Nick, it is Monday uh, after the game. My laptop is broken. It is at a it is at a shop somewhere being fixed, but um, the Broncos stink, Nick, and I don't need a laptop to uh, to have that opinion. They're just bad. Um, I don't, I don't. I don't know what the solution is either, Nick. I, I don't know what your reaction is to the game. And look, the Titans are a good football team. We knew that going into that. Uh, but it just felt like another game, Nick, that the Broncos had every opportunity to win. They even jump out to a 10-0 lead. They're playing some of the best football, I thought, that they had played all season in the first half, really that second quarter. And uh, they just kind of fall apart. Offense, you know, su- suffers some injuries. We'll dive into that a little bit later and what that means going forward. But Nick, just what was your reaction? It just was. It just felt uh, just another disappointing loss, and and what's really been a disappointing season. Well, really disappointing, and I'm wondering. You're talking about your laptop and your level of frustration. I'm wondering, was there a moment in the game or after the game that one George Story decided to, I don't know, take out his frustrations of the Broncos <laughs> on his computer? <laughs> we still are yet to know, but we'll find out shortly. But. Yeah, it was really uh, disappointing to see uh, the outcome. And you know what, George? I am not as uh, angry and as frustrated as uh, most individuals are, and here's why. We've known that this team is, you know, was going to have this issue, or they've had their issues for a while. So when we watch it on Sunday and we see what the outcome is, we're not really too surprised, even though for some they are overly frustrated at the outcome of the game. Think about what how the game started. Jerry Judy injures his ankle. There was something on Twitter about it was Achilles or whatever. We don't know yet, so there's no need to speculate. He goes down in the game. Kwan Williams goes down in the game. Then we have uh, Luke Wattenberg who has to come in because Graham Glasgow, who was coming in for Lord Cushenberry, he goes out in the game. And then Billy Turner, a guy who we didn't really see too much of the preseason or even uh, early on in the season, he finally comes back. He goes down in the game, and you're thinking, what can happen next? I know they have this thing called, what is it called? What is it? Is it, it, uh, is it what, what was it? Anything that can happen will happen, right? And that's kind of the thing that happens with, with the Broncos. So I'm pulling my emotions out of this, George, so I don't have to uh, pull my hair. I do have hair under this cap, but I love my hair, so I'm not going to pull it out. But once again, just another frustrating outcome on behalf of the Broncos. Yeah. And, and uh, here's the thing, like you can go back and forth on, you know, Russell, you know, isn't playing good, which is true. He's not playing good. Uh, you know, blame Hackett. And, and honestly, we'll dive into this later, but like, I, I think he, his job is on the line these next couple of weeks. Like, I, I think that it's starting to trend in that direction. If it's not already on the line. Um, but when you have the amount of injuries that this team has had this season, like it's just, it's, it's crazy to think about 
Garrett Bowles, uh, Javante Williams, Tim Patrick, um, you know, Randy Gregory, Baron Browning, Justin Simmons, uh, Caden Stearns. I mean, you, you, the offensive line is just decimated. I mean, they had guys out there. You had a rookie center out there at the end of the game. Uh, you've got Calvin Anderson, who's really like the third or fourth string tackle at left tackle. Uh, you've got Dalton Reisner and Quinn Miners, who are, who are actual starters. Uh, and then you've got Quinn Bailey, the third, the other like fourth, fifth string really tackle over there on the right side. It's like they were never going to win that game with that amount of injuries. And it was very clear in the second half, the offense just couldn't move the ball. And, and Nick, the, the problem that, and I guess the part that that's probably disappointing for Broncos fans is it's not going to get better. Like, I think there was this hope that may, maybe they could turn it around. Maybe they can win some games. And, and I mean, even you and I talked about it. They go beat the Titans, right? You get the Raiders at home who are really bad. They're playing really bad football right now. Uh, you know, you, you get the Panthers on the road, a team that you should probably beat. And all of a sudden you're looking at maybe, you know, making a push. The problem is, Nick, I don't see it getting better, right? Like I, I just, there's, there, there hasn't been a whole lot of improvement as it is, but then you add the injuries on top and it's like, man, this season to me, we, we, it's, it's reached the, it's not lost cause it's never lost, right? Guys can get better. You can play other guys, you know, guys are playing for contracts, right? That, that all of that. But to me, in terms of, the goals for this season, it is lost in terms of reaching the playoffs. And maybe that's a, a, a bad outlook, but you look at the situation and I just don't know how they're going to get better. And even, you know, after the game, we heard from some of the players and it just felt like they've, they're just, they're down, man. They're they're They are, I'm not saying they're giving up, but I think they've reached a new frustration level. Yeah, they have. And that, that's the first thing that I noticed uh, listening to Russell talk and a lot of the other guys, speak i mean even though the Broncos have lost games of the season we, we go back to that colts game which uh, everyone was just like what the heck happened the guys were upset but this was a certain type of deflation that i hadn't seen in a while and even russell himself and we'll get into that much later he didn't really sound like himself and this is the one thing that you have to try to avoid if you're a player and if you are a head coach and we don't know exactly what's going to be the status of the thing hacking moving forward but you don't want to fall into that trend because once you start to embrace losing and you start to say this to yourself and you probably heard people say it before man if it wasn't for bad luck i would have none the moment you utter those words you've had, you've embraced bad luck so you're now telling mr universe send me a tsunami wave of bad luck and they need to change that I had a conversation with some, someone yesterday, and it was like, well, the Broncos are losing. Ruff is, Russ has already taken it on the chin because he's been so optimistic with the team and their struggles, and we know what he sounded like yesterday. But it was like, well, hey, Russ should not come out and be a very jovial person in that locker room because if I'm in a locker room, I want to sock him in his mouth. I say, first and foremost, that's the wrong approach to take. If the team is struggling, you still need your leaders to speak highly of the team and what the capabilities are. George, you say, well, I don't see this team getting any better and things turning around. The playoffs are a wash at this point, even a wild card. Let's be totally honest. It's about setting new goals for this team. And the first goal is win game number one. They did that two weeks ago against Jacksonville. They failed to do that on Sunday against the Titans. 
So the mindset is don't think about down the road. Don't think about what our record is going to be at the end of the season. Win one game at a time. It is a cliche saying, but it's always true. You have to start with the first game before you can move on. So the goals now reshifted or realigned is, you know what? Let's go out and see how many games we can win because at this point, everyone's against us. The only people who are with us are the people in the room. Will it be enough to save Nathaniel Hackett's job? That decision is not up to me, you, or the fan base. That's up to two people, the Walton Penner family and that of George Payne. So we just have to wait to see how this plays out, George. Yeah, and I I asked Hackett um, after the game, and we'll play the audio here in a second, about the message moving forward. Because, like you said, you could sense the frustration among the team. And, and when you have you know, five of their six losses, I mean, we, we've harped on it a lot are one score games. I mean, it feels like every single game comes down to can the offense go down and, and either tie the game up or take the lead or, or whatever, right? Like it, that, that's been all of their losses. It's like, they can they go down and score to win the game? Like they've been in every situation. So I asked Hackett, you know, what's the message moving forward and what's that mood like in the locker room? Here's the audio from DenverBroncos.com. I mean, I think they see it. For me, it's about accountability. It's about holding myself accountable first, the coaches accountable, and the players accountable. As long as we point the things out that we can correct and get better on, and everybody understands what that is and what we need to do to be able to go on a run at some point during this season, um, I think they'll be able to stay together. I mean, that, that's what this is. We're teachers. We're out there trying to teach them how to be successful out on that field, and all we can do is continually teach, and then they go out there, and uh, they have the opportunities to make those plays. So we'll continue, continue that, uh, that message and uh, keep growing. Nick, what's your reaction to that? Because I, I have some thoughts, but I want to get your reaction from that or anything else that maybe stood out to you about what Hackett said after the game. Well, Hackett was uh, Coach Hackett was uh, absolutely right. Accountability. That's what we talked about when Vic Fangio was a head coach here. There was none. And I guess the frustrating part for not just me, but uh, several fans is that we, we continue to hear this narrative being paraded out there after the Broncos uh, drop a game. Okay, the offense needs to be better. I need to be better. We need to be better. Play call, we need to be better on third down. So it's like, all right, I get it, right? We've heard that enough. Now it's like, when will something actually happen that changes that narrative? So we see that it's actually changing because continuing to say that, George, it doesn't change anything. Everyone's like, oh, are we done? Are we done? You know, type of situation. So it's about going out there and executing. And being as though Coach Hackett is in a position where he's calling plays, he can definitely change the narrative himself based on the plays that he's calling, case in point. Or, or shall I say, Exhibit A. Exhibit A, how much was Greg Dosage utilized in the scheme? Not much. Tra Chase Edmond was acquired in a trade for Bradley Chubb in Miami. How much was he utilized in the offense? Not much. And when we did see Chase get the ball, he had a good run. And I'm like, yes, let's do more of that. Jalen Berger, who hasn't played the entire season. Jerry Judy goes down. This is the first time he was activated. George, he scores his first touchdown as, as a professional wide receiver in the NFL. Did we see any more Jalen Berger? I don't, I didn't see any more. So this is where the level of frustration comes in. And when you stand to the podium and say accountability, 
a light bulb goes off in the minds of many people in Broncos country. It's like, okay, we've heard the word, but what does it really mean? So that's the thing that makes it so frustrated, frustrating for fans. Yeah, I, here's here's my takeaway from from Hackett. He's run out of answers, uh, and I don't. I'm not sure he's really had any most of the season, right? Like when when it's asked, you know, what's the problem? You know, it's it's oh, it's third down. It's like okay, but how are you going to fix, you know, the third down problem? Like th- there's not an answer there. And so when I asked that question, like I wanted to hear something about how they're going to fix it. Uh, but it was, uh, we're going to continue to keep doing what we're doing. It's like, well, that's not working, right? Like that's clearly like not working for you guys. So maybe like, there's like, Hey, we need to reset. We need to think about doing something different, right? Maybe, uh, he needs to give up play calling. I don't know. Everybody wants him to do that. I I don't know if that's the answer or not, but like it, it, it's now it reached a point where Hackett has got to start fixing some of this stuff. Otherwise I really think there's a chance that he's a one and done. And I'm ta- I think there's a chance he goes and loses to the Raiders next week and, or turns around and loses to the Panthers. Like this, this place is going to turn on him quick. I don't know if they'll fire him in season, but it's just reached a point where I'm like, I really like Nate. I think he's a good dude and everything. And, and I, I really uh, appreciate, you know, the stuff he says with the media a lot, but like it's reached a point where I just don't know how you overcome some of this. And again, it sounds like he doesn't have a lot of answers. And like you said, they're getting some of these different guys. They're not getting involved. Like it's just, and at some point too, like we've always debated, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it Russell Wilson? Is it Hackett's fault? Is it the personnel, which I would still argue that the roster just isn't good enough right now. I don't know if they have enough playmakers, but they're also historically on pace to be the worst offense in the NFL era. Like that, they're like, that just doesn't happen. So like you can't, justify keeping him if it continues to go on this pace and like we said last week nick all we wanted to see is improvement right if they would if they would have gone out there and lost i don't know even 27 24 but they were able to move the ball up and down the field and they scored some points i can live with that but we have yet to see them improve at all on offense i mean i still argue that maybe their best offensive game was the first one against seattle where they should have scored you know four touchdowns, but they fumbled the two, you know, the one yard line twice. So I, I don't know, Nick, I, I, the Hackett situation is, is going to be interesting. And I also have some thoughts. We have to take a break in a second, but I have some thoughts about the locker room that also is maybe a, not a great indication of, of Hackett and, and what's going on and, and just honestly players being bought in right now. And I, I can jump into that after this, after this break, but do you have any more thoughts on Hackett as I just went on a tirade there? <laughs> Very understandable, uh, George. And I guess that's the problem with the situation. I always tell my kids, you know, don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. And right now we know the obvious. When we, let's take a quick look at uh, the game results. Penalties, the Broncos, eight for 50, right? You look third down, four for 17, George. Four for 17. That's not a great place you want to be. So once again, going back to the narrative, flashing lights, accountability, you call the plays, something's not working, you have the ability to change it, right? And the Broncos had two weeks to prepare for this game, and we all thought that there was going to be significant changes. Things were going to look significantly different, but the results are the same. And you know, just like I know and Coach Hackett knows, 
that offensive line, you could say beat up or not being uh, efficient or adequate from a personnel standpoint, you know what you have. You've known what you've had for a long time. And because of that, you try to change some of the things that you're doing on offense to offset some of those offensive line woes. But that, too, hasn't happened. So where does the team go from here? We'll tell you that right after the break. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody. We're back from that quick break. Uh, and Nick, I wanted to, to tell you a little bit about the locker room. I know you weren't there, uh, but you spend as much time as anybody in the locker room, uh, you know, during the week. And, and you get to see these guys and you know these guys personally. But... Um, it was really interesting post game, Nick, because typically, you know, after a loss, everyone's disappointed. Uh, you know, it's it's a frustration, and and we mentioned that a little bit earlier that guys were were definitely down. But the one thing I noticed, Nick, uh, is that the defensive players were not near as down as the offensive players. The defensive players is very clear that they knew that they did their job on Sunday, and I think that they they've reached a new point of where. Hey, you know what? We're playing great. Uh, it's not our fault we lost. I'm, they, none of them said that, obviously, and a lot of them said the right things. Like, hey, we gotta, you know, get that interception that Kareem dropped. I know Kareem talked about that. Um, you know, we gotta force more turnovers. We can't give up. You know, the flea flicker play. Uh, you know, the trick play. We can't bite on that. You know, Pat Sertan said, you know, we we've got to figure this out. But you also have comments like I don't know if you saw what Draymond Jones said, uh, but he was kind of, you know. Hey, uh, at least we're not zero and nine. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. That quote to me maybe rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe I I misinterpreted it. But like that was kind of the mood from the defensive side. And it, you know, the locker room split. All the defensive players are on one side. I'm not saying they were just you know having a good old time, but they didn't seem too upset by the loss. And then you turn around and you see guys on offense, and they're pissed off. I mean, they've they're 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 like depressed. They are. You know, Russell Wilson was, I mean, visibly emotional about the game, about losing that game. And I mean, he got hit 18 times. So maybe that was part of it. He was just like physically hurt, but like he was very emotional. And then the defensive side, it just was like, whatever. I, I don't know, Nick. I, it was a very weird vibe. And you can ask anybody else that was in there. Uh, they had the same takeaway uh, that the defense was like, you know, kind of throw your hands up, like, what else can we do? And the offense is like, yeah, we, were the reason the team stinks. Now, usually when you talk about throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And that's kind of the attitude that you're describing from the defense. And I've been there um, myself because you, you play together as one unit, right? It's not an offense, defense, or special teams, even though it's three phases. But you play, you win, and you lose as a unit. But it does get to a point in the season when you know defensively or even offensively, you're doing your part, but the other side of the ball is not pulling their fair share of the weight. So it, it would be ridiculous to say that sometimes that guys will not kind of look or frown upon the other guys on the other side. There's an 80-20 rule in the NFL, right? And sometimes it's 20% of those guys in the locker room that are causing a rift 
between both sides of the ball, or even on the same side of the ball. So this is where the Broncos have to make sure that that 20% doesn't kind of infiltrate the other 80% because the team is already in a difficult spot. It can, it can get worse, right? It can get better, but it can get really, really bad at the same time. So I understand how the defensive players are saying, hey, you know, I'm going to take my shower. I'm doing my interviews. I'm listening to my music. I'm still walking out of the locker room with a certain swag, knowing as though we just lost, right? Because they know that they did their job. They've been knowing this since week one. They're not figuring this out for the first time, George. So now for them, it's just like, okay, here we go. All over again, rinse, repeat, lather. We've seen this movie before and we know how it ends. And it's not one of those M. Night Shyamalan movies. I mean, think how great would that be for Broncos country. Games is going and guys are getting injured. It seems like all is lost. And all of a sudden, there's a twist at the end. The Broncos win. They score more than 30 points in a game. Everyone's looking for that. But we, if this is not Hollywood, right? There's no M. Night Shyamalan twist type of ending. Right now, it's all about those guys looking at themselves, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you can't say, well, we didn't do this because, you know, guys were injured. Really, no one really cares because injuries are part of the game. Other teams are having uh, a lot of injury, maybe not many, as many as the Denver Broncos, but no one really wants to, to hear that. That's kind of uh, part of the business. What they need to do is, I'm going to say, put in extra work. When I, when you know, we, we are exposed to practice, but we only get a certain glimpse of practice. So I'll put it to you from the players and coaches standpoint after the last play of that script, let's say it's an hour and a half practice. What are you doing to get better as a group, right? Are you staying out there going over extra cadence, uh, extra calls, working on those twists, twists and inside stunts that the offensive line steam that they can't pick up. Are you going over certain subtleties? I mean, we look at that uh, flea flicker. I mean, that was PJ lock rotating down thinking, okay, well, I'm about to grab the wide receiver, Damari Mathis, thinking, okay, well, hey, I'm going to get into the play as well. The next thing you know, Damari ended up tripping up P.J. Lott, and then you have the, the, the one touchdown that really blew the game open uh, for the Titans. If you know you're going to be in the game, hey, man, let's go over a couple of things. Let's make sure Zoom calls in the locker room, and let's go over a couple of things, make sure that we're on the same page. These are the things, the extra things, the hidden things that we as the media don't see but I know as a player that you have to go through. So when we talk about accountability, what needs to be done, these are the simple things that need to be done, George. That doesn't mean you change practice time. I mean, that's not going to change anything, changing practice time going from 12 to 11. That changes absolutely nothing because you haven't addressed the pink elephant or gorilla, whatever they call it now, in the room. Those are the things that need to be addressed. And until they are addressed, George, we're going to continue to see the same movie. Well, yeah, and and here's the thing: like people are the the trick play, kind of encapsulates this season for them, right? I mean, it's a backup corner, you know, running into the third string safety, and all of a sudden the Titans hit a big play, and that's the difference in the game. And if I'm the defense, it's like that's what it took, you know, to beat to beat us is like we gave up on a wild trick play because you know two reserve guys you know, ran into each other and, you know, they were in position. They just slipped, you know, I just like at some point the defense has got to just be like, what the hell, man? Like, that's how, that's how we're going to lose is like, because the offense, you know, how many times did they give the offense a chance to just go down and win the game? 
and they can't do it. And the other part too, Nick, I don't know if you heard about this, but after the game uh, in the locker room, Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton gave a speech to the team about, you know, continuing to, to believe or whatever. Like, I don't know what all was said, but it was basically like, we got to figure this out and all this stuff. If I'm a defensive player listening to that, like, and again, maybe this is the wrong attitude to have, but I'm like, really, this is who is speaking for us right now. Like you guys are the ones that have to figure it out. Like you guys are the ones that, that need, and maybe that's what they were saying is like, Hey, this is on us. But like, if they're the ones trying to get everybody to say, Hey, we got to figure this out. It's like, you know, man, you need to figure it out. You guys are the ones that need to figure this out. And so that's what I worry about this, this locker room. And what I mentioned earlier is like Hackett's got to get them all on the same page because people are going to stop, stop pulling on the rope Nick soon. They're going to stop pulling in the same direction. Right. And when that happens, that's when you, that's when you hit disaster, right? That's when all of a sudden the defense that's the, the best in the league right now, statistically all of a sudden gives up, you know, a 30, 40 point game because they say, you know what, screw this. We're done with this. Right. And I'm not saying the Broncos are going to do that. And I'm not saying that that's their attitude right now, but I am saying that I think it's on the verge of getting to that. Like, I think that the, the frustration level has reached a point where the, the, some of the defensive players are like, screw this, man. Like, what are we doing here? You know, and and they'll start, you know, they still, again, like I said earlier, they're playing for contracts. It's different, right? Like Draymond Jones is not going to go out there and just stop playing hard, right? Because he's trying to get paid. Uh, but you just worry about guys thinking more individually than what's best for the team and how how are how are you going to start winning some games, right? Uh, and so that's that's my that's my my issue right now is like I just I worry that the message is just not getting through and I I feel like guys are on the verge of of saying what are we doing here? Yeah, guys are definitely saying that, George. But I want to push back just a little bit on what you're saying about Cortland and Russell speaking and the defensive guys thinking, okay, well, I mean, you guys are the ones messing up, so why are you guys speaking to us? Those are the two people that need to speak to the team because you're absolutely right. It's happening on the opposite side of the ball. Could you imagine if someone on defense decided to speak up and they are the person that's saying, saying those type of things, what you are saying is that you are uh, worried about, you're concerned about, could actually happen if someone on defense actually spoke up to the volume of what's taking place and how the guys on the defensive side actually feel about it. So it was important to hear from, from two guys who are well-respected on the offensive side, Courtney Sutton and Russell Wilson, to speak out as far as how they feel the team has been performing thus far. And when they say the team performing, that's cold word for us in the offense. So you want to hear from those guys. You want them to tell you how they feel as though we feel as though we're not doing our part. Here's what we can do. And here's how we can do it. As a defensive player, you like to hear that because you want to know they care just as much as you because every time, you know, that final clock, uh, that final second click takes off that clock and everyone's looking at the game results, it is not just, hey, the Denver Broncos offense, the Denver Broncos defense. No, it is the Denver Broncos as a team. So they too are looked at in a very negative light, even though majority of the season, they're not the team, the part of the team that's been, the, the, the I guess, the, the negative part uh, for, for the group. So I'm happy that Sutton and Russell actually spoke up because if you don't speak out as being two guys that are part of a group that has not pulled their fair share of the weight, that's when I get upset if I'm a defensive player and I'm asking myself, 
does it really matter to you? And does it really, do you really care? Right. I, I think though that, and, and, and I get that. And again, we don't know what exactly was said. Right. But um, I just, and, and maybe it's because I also have to listen to them too. Right. They get up there and they like, it's like hack it, right. Like every week uh, we're going to fix this. We're going to figure this out. Like, I just feel like the defensive players got to be sitting there thinking like, you've been saying that, like we would just want to see you guys do it. But I guess you're right in the sense that, you know, you, you, you want those guys to own up to it, right? Like if they weren't saying anything and they just, you know, sat there silently, that'd be bad too. So I, I don't know. I, it's all bad, Nick. Um, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't know what the answer is. I, I just worry about this locker room. And, and I also just think it goes, you know, I think the, a lot of these guys, man, Nick, like, you know, this, they haven't seen a winning football team in a while. So they just don't know what it looks like. And I think that like some of these guys that have been here a long time, like, you know, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson and Draymond Jones and, and some of these guys, Josie Jewell, like, like all they know, and I'm not like, it's not their fault, but like all they know is, is, is losing football. And I don't know like how, like it, they, I think they just become numb to it. Right. Like they, I, I don't know how they, they break through that. And like defensively, it's just, I, I just think that they've got to be frustrated at this point. Like some of those guys that have been here, and they felt like this was finally going to be it, right? And they're playing – the defense is playing great football. I just feel like the frustration level has got to be at an all-time high. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just I, – I think that it's it's uh, it's it's on the verge of, of being a bad situation just because I think guys are, are going to be frustrated. Frustration does – can do that to you. Uh, push things to the brink of uh, collapse, and you think that you're teetering right on – the edge of falling off, right? And this organization and this team, for that matter, George, they're at a tipping point. And there's no one coming to save them. No, there's no Superman. There's nothing. I mean, you can't even wave a wand, right, around and say, poof, this has changed. Because the only thing you can say to quote uh, something from Harry Potter, right, ridiculous. That's the only thing, that's the only spell that you can cast on this team right now. But they only, they only, they're the only ones that have the power to change this. And it's time to put up, you know, and, and shut up. Just go out there and get it done. And they just have to go out there and believe in themselves. Right now, to me, their backs are against the wall. No one believes in you, but this is where you play your best football. This is where you want to be. You're most physical. This is where you want to take out that anger, that frustration, whether it's with your teammates, whether it's with the coaching staff. You want to go out there every Sunday and you want to take it out on them. And to me, when I played George, it was that same type of mentality. They pay me to go out and be physical, right? And it's legal, George. It's legal. So I'm going to take out all this frustration that has happened to this team in a negative way on my opponent. I'm going to keep it clean now. I'm going to keep it clean, but I'm going to take out that those frustrations. That's the mentality that they have because right now this team still doesn't have an identity. They don't. And that's that's number one issue, right? Uh, when a football team doesn't have an identity, they're usually not a good football team and that becomes their identity. So, Nick, uh, I want to dive into some more stuff. Russell Wilson, we really haven't gotten to yet. Uh, we'll dive into that in the last segment. We also have a bit of good injury news. I know surprising for the Broncos. We will lead with that uh, in the last segment, but let's take a quick break and then we'll dive into that stuff.
Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and Nick, I got some good news for the Broncos. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport, uh, Broncos get good news on wide receiver Jerry Judy. It's a mild ankle, ankle injury, sources say. His status for this week has not yet been been determined, but they received promising results. Nick, that's good news, right? Uh, I, you know, when he first went down, uh, the way that he grabbed it, I think a lot of people jumped to some conclusions, including some people on Twitter, Um trying to diagnose it that he had torn his Achilles and myself included. I didn't ever say that publicly because I think that's, you know, you can't jump to conclusions like that on Twitter, but uh, the way that he, he grabbed the back of his, his foot there, I was worried it was either a really bad ankle sprain or, you know um, you know, an Achilles or something like that. But this is, this is good news. I, I thought they might be losing him for the season. And then obviously they struggled yesterday without him on the field. Well, yeah, I mean, it takes uh, me back, and it's reminiscent of game one in New York. Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, and Jerry Judy is having a phenomenal game, and then all of a sudden he goes down, and we're thinking, okay, uh, in a situation like that, you're thinking that maybe it's a knee, maybe it's an ankle. He missed a significant time, and then when he came back in Pat Sherman's offense, he was never utilized properly. Now, we look at you know Jerry Judy now. He was going to be sorely missed. An idea that Jerry Judy is going to play in the next game, I'm not a doctor, right, and neither did I stay in the Holiday Inn, but I'll tell you, uh, I, I think it's um, something that don't don't count on it uh, for him to play in the next game. It would be great if he, if he does because when you think about what happens with an ankle, that can lead to a lot of things because you got ligaments, bones, tendons, and all of those things. And, oh, by the way, sometimes it creates a high ankle sprain. And so that high ankle sprain, George, I can tell you, that's a, hey, like Drake said, like a broke ankle, it's nothing to play with. So it makes it really difficult to go out there to play wide receiver and to get in and out of the cuts. But here's what it does. It provides an opportunity so we can see more of Kendall Hinton, who I thought had a decent game. Uh, Jalen Virgil with the, the, the sole touchdown uh, for the Broncos. We get a chance to see more uh, of, of him uh, in the game. And Cortland Sutton, a, a guy who I thought, took a backseat, disappeared someone as a player and as a leader. We saw him making some great catches, and probably one of the better catches that uh, Colin Sutton made in his career was the one when he was falling down, and he just reaches up, pulls it out of the air, and grabs it with his mitt and just kind of pulls it against his body. I was like, yes, there it is. I don't know where he was, but there is Colin Sutton, so we need to see more of that guy. Yeah, that that catch was phenomenal. In fact, before we got on here, I think it was uh, number seven on top ten plays on on Sports Center today. But uh, which I don't know if you saw the Justin Jefferson catch yesterday. No, I didn't see it. Didn't see it. I heard oh, it. Nick, it might be the greatest catch of all time. You've got you you got to go check it out. It, it was unbelievable. Uh, but anyways, that's good news, especially for Mister Wilson, because uh, it felt like Jerry was also just you know the the Jaguars game he played great. Uh, the previous few games, he was starting to find a groove, right? Like he was finally becoming the guy that, you know, everybody anticipated him being. So good news there. I, again, like you said, I, I doubt he plays this week. Uh, I mean, he wasn't even able to walk on it yesterday. He was in a boot in the locker room too. So, but the fact that he's going to be back at some point this season, I think is great news. But uh, like I said, good for Russell Wilson. Uh, and Nick, I want to talk about Russell since we haven't, we haven't really 
you know, dived into his performance yet. 21 of 42, 286 yards, one touchdown, one interception, obviously, uh, that came at the end of the game there. Um, just what do you think of his performance? Uh, and then I want to ask you a question after uh, your answer, maybe a little bit more big, big picture here. Well, I mean, I, with all things being considered, I, I thought he did the best that he could. Uh, the Broncos tried to establish the run game, and we knew that the Broncos were not going to be really successful because the Titans were very stingy, even though they were missing uh, Jeffrey Simmons and Zach Cunningham. I thought that the Broncos would be able to take advantage somewhat, uh, but I just felt as though they didn't really lean on the run game that much and lean on it from a perspective of play action. And the idea was when you look at the Titans, everyone knew they were going to hand the ball to Derrick Henry, no matter what, even though he only ended the game with 53 yards. The idea of that trick play, it was all set up by, guess what, Derrick Henry, and he didn't have an explosive day. So I was wondering when we were going to see that from the Broncos and their their offense. But I have to tell you, man, that was a difficult game uh, to watch. You mentioned it, Russell Wilson. I mean, he was brought down 18 times. That's too many hits, man. I played a football game where I had 16 solo tackles, George. That's not what you want. That's a lot of pounding. And you look at the sacks that Ryan Tannehill suffered, one sack for 11 yards, I believe, and Russell had six sacks for 83 yards. And listen, I don't care who you are as a quarterback, that is going to be really demoralizing. Every time you drop back, well, not every time, maybe I'm over-exaggerating a little bit, but majority of the times when you drop back, there is a there's pressure in your face, right? There's a guy that's open. If you if you if you take the the, the remote control and pause it, there's someone's open, George. There's always someone open. But if your quarterback has a hand in his face or body in his way, it's hard to find that open person. So it it was tough sledding for uh, Russell uh, on, on Sunday. That's the the most I would say down, depressed, uh, emotional I've seen Russell after a game. This season, you know, typically when they've when they've lost games, he you know, he gets up there and, you know, has some sort of, you know, spin zone of, you know, we're going to figure it out or we did this great today or whatever. And, you know, he, he had some of that, uh, but it was very much like you could tell he was hurt. And it not only obviously, you know, physically, like you said, getting knocked down 18 times. I mean, you could see his jersey was a different color at the end of the game. But like, I think he was also just like, man, like this sucks. Like he's never really been through this. Like, yeah, they had a couple down years in Seattle, but not like this. Right. And, and, and obviously he's taken a a beating off, you know, the field too. I mean, people are, we've talked about that a lot, Nick. Uh, But it was interesting to see him in his locker after the game. I mean, he was just really down. I mean, Melvin Gordon went over, gave him a pep talk, you know, Jerry Judy went over Josh Johnson uh, guys talking to him in his locker and I've never seen him like that. And so it was, it was interesting to see and and we have some audio here from him talking about the team and you know you know moving forward and things like that but you can even tell in his voice that he was just really emotional and down after the game so we have the audio here from broncos.com the thing is is that as disappointing is is that i know as much as we're working our butts off we just all got to be better in it and like i said um we'll do whatever it takes man i'll do whatever it takes i don't i gotta try to run for it throw it whatever move around whatever we got to win these games and um that's the expectation, you know. That's that's the expectation to win games and to find ways to do it. And uh, we're not meeting that yet, um, but we're going to, you know. We're going to. We have to. We have to. And uh, you know. And uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blink on that. Nick, Nick, what was your reaction to that? And and also just, 
what's your I mean what what's your thoughts on just Russell and and the way that he's handled this season so far because I think like I said it's starting to set into him that this is not going the way that anybody intended yeah um, I mean first and foremost I, I thought that you know maybe Russell's having second uh, thoughts on the trade itself I mean in Seattle he had his issues they couldn't run the ball uh, the defensive unit wasn't that great. They were having issues with the offensive line, play calling issues. But you thought change of scenery, you go into a different place, and things are going to be much better. You know, my mom always told me this, George. You know, there's a saying that says that the grass is always greener on the other side. No, it's not. When you flip it over, it's brown, right? If you really literally did it, it's brown. So maybe he's having second thoughts. And any time that you are hit 18 times, I don't know about you, George, it being being hit 18 times, but that will make um, you know a lot of things that you're thinking come into reality about your decision making. And I know it's frustrating for him because he's a quarterback. Everyone looks at the quarterback. The Broncos gave him a new deal heading into the season. He is taking it on a chin from a player production standpoint, but also outside the lines, a personal standpoint as well. So you can see when he was at the podium, it is weighing on him heavily. And I, and luckily for him, he's got a great family around him because if not, then you will have to worry about something else going on with him from a mental standpoint. But it just, it just goes to show you that this is a tough game and not just because the physical aspect uh, of the game, but the mental aspect uh, of it as well. And I'm glad that there were teammates that went over to talk to uh, Russell because usually he's doing that for someone else because when, when Melvin was having his fumbling issues, who was the guy that went over to Melvin? It was Russell. So now Melvin is returning the same favor. So I'm happy that that's in place, but it's all disappointing. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I, I got a couple things. One, I think you're right that there's probably part of Russell that's like, man, was this a mistake, right? Because part one of the biggest reasons why he wanted to leave Seattle was he was getting hit too much, right? The offensive line wasn't playing well towards the end, towards towards the end of his time there. Uh, they weren't able to run the ball, like you said. Broncos are doing the same thing, right? Uh, and, and some of it's not the Broncos' fault. I mean, they didn't intend for every single offensive lineman to miss time this season, right, and have the amount of injuries that they've had. But that's got to be their number one priority this offseason, you know, is is going out and getting, you know, a new offensive line and, and getting some guys, especially, I mean, my gosh, right tackle. They've got to figure that out. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that that's where some frustration is. But I think also, Nick, on the other side, I wonder if the Broncos are having a little bit of buyer's remorse saying, man, is this the guy that we thought we were getting? Because so far, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not saying it's all Russell's fault, right? There's, there's definitely some things that are not his fault, but he's, he's also not played up to expectations. He's missed some throws. In fact, he's missed a lot of throws. There's Nick, there's probably three or four passes yesterday that should have been intercepted. I mean, thrown right to Titans players that you're like, man, what are you doing? Uh, you know, and so I, I think that that's where my head is at is like, man, I, we already talked about this season. I've already jumped to what's the long-term outlook for this, this team, right. And this, this franchise really, because if you're moving on from a head coach, uh, you got to reset all of that. You're losing a couple guys in free agency. You know, you can also go out and get some guys in free agency, but you know, and then you're stuck to Russell for a long period of time. And so far of what I've seen, you know, is he really worth the, the contract 
that you that you signed him to? I don't think so, at least not right now. So that's where my head is at is already with with him is like, man, like I feel bad for him in some ways because he's getting a lot of BS that he really doesn't deserve. But at the same time, like he's also not played up to expectations yet. And I think that there, there's some people that that are probably worried about that moving forward inside the Broncos, you know, facility. Well, that's a fair point that you bring up, uh, George. But here's what I would say. Buyer's remorse, there's always uh, buyer's remorse, hindsight being 2020. When you right. look at Russell and why he was paid, it was based on what he was doing before. And the Broncos didn't want to get themselves and some kind of uh, be strapped financially because they knew they had 24 guys coming up in 2023. So they decided to put the cart before the horse, jump out there and get this deal done. But here is when we talk about buyer's remorse, the buyer's remorse may be with Nathaniel Hackett because when you go out and get a quarterback like Russell, you have to get someone that meshes well with him. Let's be totally honest. The Broncos are committed to him. So now if Hackett is not the guy, you need to look at around the league and say, well, who is going to be that guy that we could bring in here that he's going to change what we're doing offensively and he's not going to be tied to one system because he knows he has a quarterback that has a different skill set. So to me, that's where I look at this whole situation. Is it a mess? Absolutely. Can it be corrected? Absolutely. Will we be able to see uh, the changes right now this year? Probably not. So we won't be able to see these changes until 2023, but some changes definitely need to be made. But I don't think it just means as though you change from Russell, because remember this, keep this in mind, George. Russell has been in two Super Bowls. He has played. It's not like he's forgotten how to play this game of football. Things slow down, but now you go back to play calling it in. And is this the right system for him? And that may, that may be where the buyer's remorse may lie. Yeah, I think it's very clear that it's not. <laughs> like I and and you know, I always thought Hackett would be able to adjust what they were doing to fit what Russ is good at. Right? I mean, you got to get him out of the pocket. That's part of the biggest issue. I mean, he, there's just certain things he cannot do, and he's not he's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Like you've got to get this guy out of the pocket and they just haven't been able to do that. And they just, they can't figure it out. And so uh, again, I'm not blaming it all on Russ. He needs to play better. He knows that, but I think you're right, Nick, a lot of it goes back to what they're doing. And, and I, I think it also goes to personnel. I just don't, I mean, yesterday they just didn't have the guys. I mean, you were asking Russell to do something that was near impossible when you've got all these guys out on the offensive line, your best receivers out. I mean, it, it's tough. So, um, I don't know, Nick. Not a lot of answers. Uh, another tough loss for the Broncos, and and now they get to play um, the Raiders. I, you know, it's going to be a sicko game, Nick. This only <laughs> only sickos will watch this game on Sunday. They need to put it on ESPN eight, the Ocho, because why? Because the these, Nick, you could make an argument. These are two of the, you know worst teams in the league like you could make you could make that argument that they're uh they're up there uh as you know two of the bottom i'd probably say four or five teams in the league so um going to be an interesting this week and, and we talk about hackett i mean josh mcdaniels might mm. be on the might be on the hot seat uh in 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 las vegas as well so wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, George, before we get out of here does this mean because you say you have to be a sicko to watch this game. Does this mean that you're not going to watch that game, or you're going to be a sicko just like the rest? Of well, the Nick, game? Nick, I get paid to watch it. But if I didn't have to, if I wasn't getting paid, <laughs> if I wasn't getting paid to watch it, I don't think I'd be watching this game. Also, Nick, Nick, I uh, you you need to be you need to be up for uh, you know if if let's say they let Hackett go, 
maybe you can be the next Jeff Saturday. Uh, maybe they give you the call that would, would you take the job, be the interim head coach? Could you fix the Broncos? I would, I would definitely take the job. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because once again, like I said, it's about accountability. And I played with uh, four of some of, some of the better coaches in the league, Bill Parcells, Mike Shanahan. So I would take some of that old school approach. And I know some of the new school players don't adjust well or adapt to that type of, of culture, but a culture change is definitely uh, needed of some sort. So you got to hold people accountable. So if uh, George Payton happened to call me, I might have to say, uh, uh, yeah, I'll take it, but I still would need my Mondays at eight o'clock to, uh, you know, make sure I, I get with my good boy, George, and uh, record this podcast, though. Yeah, we'll make sure to get that in the contract. Yeah, um, yeah I'll, I'll mention it to George next time I see him that that that, that touchdown Denver needs to stay. So uh, that, how, about, how about I say that next time we have practice when I see George? Hey, uh, George, if you ever looking for interim coach, uh, I'm your guy. You should. You should mention it. I mean, who knows? I mean, the Colts. The Colts did it. I mean, uh, yeah. and they won. They won. They couldn't, couldn't hurt. How bad would it hurt, right? Jeff Saturday was able to do it. They played against the Raiders and won. I could go in and win too as well. It's the Raiders, yeah. right? Yeah, it might as well. So um, <laughs> it would be great. It would be great content. But uh, but Nick, anyways, uh, let's get out of here. Uh, we'll be back later this week uh, to break down the Raiders game. Also talk some other stuff. Uh, you know about the Broncos this week but uh, thanks to everybody for listening please subscribe please share it uh, and thanks again we'll see you guys later this week